0: your pain and your bowel movements. Because your bowel movements, or you can call it poop, whatever you want. Yeah, no.
1: (laughs) I don't think somebody just goes out and writes a book about eating healthy and leaky gut, unless something has happened in your life that you have overcome.
0: But I was still having all these pains and health issues. And then on top of it, uh, my kids started wondering if I had dementia. Beyond that was the brain fog.
1: Welcome to the Unlocking Happiness Podcast. I'm Amy Dix, international best-selling author, speaker, and founder of Choose Happy. Collectively, our community builds a better world. I believe life is made up of moments. We have short moments, long moments, good moments, and bad moments. We make sure that all of your life moments are filled with meaning and joy. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest on the internet happiest podcast. Now let's unlock happiness. Hello, all you crazy happy people out there. This is Amy Dix with Choose Happy, and you are listening to another episode of Unlocking Happiness. Today, we are Unlocking Happiness with David Miney. David is a cancer survivor, competitive road bike cyclist, and dedicated pickleball athlete. I love that so much. You are an experienced career entrepreneur with a very long list of successful launches under your belt, and we were just talking uh, before the show, some of the appearances that you're doing i don't know if we can say them because you haven't done them yet but you have some great appearances coming up so we can look for you on some very well-known shows and you are also an author of the book eating to live unlocking the leaky gut code i am so excited to talk to you today david thank you for being on the show
0: thanks for having me happy holidays
1: Happy holidays, although when this actually airs, (laughs) people are going to be like, wait, what? (laughs) So happy holidays to you. It'll be a great holiday season. Today is Friday. Fridays are always a great day. I always say like happy fire up Friday. It's one of my favorite terms. So happy holidays. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I really want to start here a little bit on your story. I don't think somebody just goes out and writes a book about eating healthy and leaky gut, unless something has happened in your life that you have overcome. Take us to what that is and why this is so important to you.
0: In October of 2014, I had had a serious back surgery, had my S1, L5, L14 fused. And I was recovering. And so in January, I got a weird symptom for me. I had no idea what it was. And I had bleeding in my urine for a day. And I chalked it up to my back surgery. You know, I was confused. And then I just kind of let it go. It went away. It happened again just one day. And then I got in the first week of April and I had three days of solid bleeding. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what to do. Wasn't sure. And so I filled up a mason quart jar. (laughs) Yeah. And I put it on the counter. My wife walks in. I said, Is this something I should be worried about?
1: (laughs) That's one way to do
0: it. Gosh, get down to the Instacare and make a long story short. It wasn't an infection. That would have been good news. They got me right into a urologist, which got me right in for a scope and went in and they found three large tumors embedded in the bladder wall. The good news for me was it hadn't gone through the bladder wall or I wouldn't be talking to you today. That was good news. But the bad news is over two years, I developed a total of 21 tumors, had three surgeries to remove all those tumors. I went through two rounds of chemo. And, you know, I was a pretty healthy, I've always been an athlete. And we were just couldn't understand why we couldn't get on top of this right? Because it's kind of confusing. And so that's why we started kind of going down this path of can we solve all this with just health and nutrition? Mm. And guess what happened over this time period? What happened? Doctors kept prescribing medications. And so because I was in so much pain, Mm
1: -hmm. I
0: was taking a class of drugs called NSAIDs. Do you know what those are?
1: Mm -hmm. Non-steroidal
0: anti-inflammatory drugs. Yep. So from 1999 until I started dealing with the cancer, I was on uh, 10 medications Mm. for neuropathy, arthritis. I had ED. So there was just all of these drugs I was taking had lots of stomach issues. I'd been diagnosed with colitis, Crohn's, peripheral neuropathy in my feet. And so I was just... On any given day, I was like a pain level of eight to 10. Oh, wow. Right. And then, of course, the back surgery was supposed to alleviate that. So I got the end of 2017. I finished my last round of chemo, but I was still having all these pains and health issues. And then on top of it, the worst part beyond that was the brain fog. Um, My kids Mm -hmm. started wondering if I had dementia Mm
1: -hmm. because
0: I was just my memory was a mess. And then I got to 2018, I was having a procedure done on my knee. Doctor said, David, to do this procedure, stem cell treatment in your knee, you have to get off of NSAIDs. Dr. Khan, why? He goes, because it'll disrupt the stem cells. You have to be off 30 days, then four months after the treatment, you can't have NSAIDs. And I'm like, how am I going to cope? I'm on Mm -hmm. Lortab, Lyrica for neuropathy, which is a heavy duty drug. Symbalta. I mean, I, I these drugs were unbelievable. I was taking, and I still was having a hard time coping with pain. Hmm. So what we found out, as you ask questions and stuff, I had a compromised immune system that was from all the inflammation that was in my body. And it was just unbelievable.
1: Do you think, um, like, would you say you were... And I don't use this word lightly, but would you say that you were addicted to the medications that you were on?
0: Well, I don't know because the doctors all prescribed it, right? I was working with three different doctors and they said to deal with like Prilosec, which was an over-the-counter, was my stomach issues I was having, right? You know, they had me taking Pepto-Bismol and Rolaids and Tums and all these things for my stomach. And then the NSAIDs, they had me on... Advil and Naproxen, they would say, use these, it's going to do it. But here's the thing, Amy, not one of those doctors since 1999 ever called and said, hey, Dave, we noticed you've been on this prescription for a long time, and we think it's time to get off, right? And so these doctors are taking care of their specialties, but the underlying thing that was going on that no one ever, none of the doctors, nobody ever looked at, and I'm talking uh, 10 doctors over that time period, ever questioned my nutrition, oh. never. They never said, like with all the stomach and the colitis and the Crohn's and all of those diagnoses, they never said, is there something going on that's causing whatever. Doing is making this prescription, right? Cause they look at symptoms and that they're doing their job and most of them don't get nutrition training. So, I don't want to be derogatory about the doctors, but there was something underlying going on that in 2018, working with another world-renowned doctor, he was the very first one. He does restorative medicine that said, there might be something going on in your diet. And that's when I got introduced to this whole concept of leaky gut.
1: What did your diet look like at this point in time?
0: Well, come to find out, I was a (laughs) sugar addict. I had that, you know, loved the traditional diet, lots of gluten, lots of bread, lots of pastries, processed foods. You know, I was su- doing supplementation, but I, you know, I thought I was eating pretty good. When I found out that things were going through my small intestine in food sensitivities, were going into the bloodstream, causing inflammation. My my wife has a great analogy. She's a certified functional nutrition counselor now. And she says, when things that aren't supposed to be going through the small intestine into the bloodstream, the immune system is like the army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, right? They're going and attacking these things that are getting into your bloodstream and fighting it. Well, my immune system, since I was a teenager, was on constant attack, right? And so I had all this inflammation. So I started taking this pain medication, to deal with the inflammation. Well, come to find out it does the exact opposite. And so I had a compromised immune system. So when I was doing the cancer, the uh, doctor said you need to do antioxidants. And so I recommend you do this juicing diet. So I was doing 108 ounces my wife and I were juicing every day in a mm-hmm. in our house it was unbelievable. But it's all that glucose that or fructose that's in that juicing, cancer loves it. Did yeah. you know that? I didn't know that. You yeah. All these antioxidants, right. but I'm actually feeding cancer and the inflammation what it the worst thing I could have ever done.
1: I learned when my, or maybe just before, but when my mom had glioblastoma, brain cancer, that cancer cannot survive without sugar. Somebody told me that. Cancer cannot survive without sugar. And I think when we think about that, we think sugar as in processed sugar, white sugar, but fruits have sugar too. And so I'm no doctor, by the way. (laughs) That's what someone said. I have believed it from that day forward and um, have changed... My whole relationship, if you will. So this is really interesting because I think a lot of people, this is going to surprise people, right? Because like juicing, I've juiced before, I actually love juicing, and we think But this is a really healthy thing, right? We're getting all these veggies, all these fruits. We're not eating gluten or wheat or whatever. But in this example, you're actually feeding your cancer through the fructose, which I believe is coming from the fruits. Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: So I blow your mind away with something. Yes, please. So as we started down this path of healing my gut, this well-known doctor said, that the food industry is able to hide sugar in the food labels. So Correct. any processed food, any box of cereal, anything that you get, if you look at the food label and you go down and you see where you know, you've know you got the car- you know carbs and protein and you go all the way down on things and you look at sugar, what people don't realize, that is added sugar. That isn't all the sugar that's in that product. Did you know this? Do you know how to calculate? the true sugar in a No,
1: no, but I only know, and I'm, again, no expert, so this is really fascinating to me. I only know if it lists it as sugar, and then underneath sometimes it'll say also added sugar. So I was under the understanding (laughs) that unless it's added, if there was no added sugar, but that there was just sugar, let's say like two grams, well, that'd be low, but like two grams of sugar, and then four grams of added sugar that then that's four grams of added sugar. But if it says two grams of sugar, zero grams of added sugar, then I always just assumed that there was no added sugar. But you're saying that's not oh,
0: true. That's completely wrong. Oh,
1: this is so you ready, yes. ready for
0: this? You ready for this bombshell? I
1: don't know. Is it going to make me upset?
0: <laughs> oh, so, they get to hide sugar in the carbs.
1: Oh you're kidding
0: So that sugar you're looking at below that's the added sugar Some of it's you know regular sugar some of it's alcohol sugars or whatever That's not all the sugar Let me give you an example one of my favorite foods was about five grams of sugar and that kind of pushes it for me but I thought oh you know five grams I can deal with that Well when this doctor said, okay let's look at your label he says let's look at the carbohydrates So the carbohydrates said 30 grams. Now, remember, that's per serving. And most things that we're eating are more than one serving. So you look at that and then you go underneath it and it always shows fiber. So in this case, it was 30 grams of carbs, one gram of fiber. So the formula is you take the fiber minus the carbs or the carbs minus the fiber, then you divide that by four.
1: So 29 divided by four.
0: So 28. Oh, 28? 30. Okay. Yeah, you're right. 30 minus one is 29 divided right. by four is over seven teaspoons of sugar per serving. So you got to add that to the added sugar that's oh, down below. Oh
1: wow.
0: And that's why I, I wrote a paper in 2014. I wrote a book called Think. You know, use your brain to shrink your waistline. The American Nursing Association did a study in 2010, and the average American consumes 130 pounds of sugar a year. 1805, the average American was five pounds, and most of that was from fruit. And so now we're in 2021. It's even worse. Mm
1: -hmm. I want to go back really quick to the calculation because I want to make sure I understand this and that the listeners understand this so that they, and and myself included, can use this as a tool. So you take the carbs minus the fiber, in this yep. case, 30 minus one, which is 29. If I divide that by four, and I don't do math in my head, so I grabbed my calculator, <laughs> that's right. 7.25. You said it's 17 teaspoons of sugar. No, so
0: 7.25 teaspoons.
1: Seven, Thank okay, I'm sorry. Thank you for
0: clearing that up. But then go down and add the five added,
1: right? To the sugar. Right, right. Okay. So I just wanted to make sure. Okay, cool. And I might have misheard you, but that's great. Okay. okay. So seven. So now that's how many teaspoons of sugar? So
0: and twelve now. Twelve uh, grams of sugar per serving.
1: Per serving. What is the? I want to be careful how I ask this. I'll start here. What is the average amount of sugar that the average American consumes every day? Do you know-ish?
0: It's listed by number of teaspoons. Okay. And I can- I'm I can- sorry, I can't pull it off the top of my head. No, that's
1: I'll- fine. No, I just didn't know if you knew. I'm gonna Google it while we talk because I think this is interesting. Average teaspoons of sugar per day. We'll see what it comes.
0: By an American.
1: Uh, that Americans, this is so funny. Nutritionists suggest that Americans should get only 10% of their calories from sugar. This equals 13 teaspoons of sugar per day. The current average is 42 teaspoons of sugar per day.
0: And my stuff that I have says 66.
1: Got it, okay.
0: Average American is consuming per day.
1: Okay, so 66 teaspoons per day. And then do you have a recommendation or is it zero? How, so, how many teaspoons should folks be? So consuming?
0: I am my that would be my wife because she's a certified functional nutrition counselor. All we know all I know is that I do everything to minimize the sugar in my diet because let me let me state this. my arthritis is in remission. my cancer's in remission. My brain fog is in remission. My peripheral neuropathy is in remission. My ED is in remission. As long as I maintain the diet that I do now to keep my gut healthy. I need your audience to understand something about the small intestine. The small intestine has what's called this villa, right? It's these finger-like that these tight junctions and their job is to with these type junctions is only to let the nutrients into the bloodstream that are healthy for the body, right? They keep out the bacteria, the poop, they keep out all the bad things. Well, with the American diet, the way that we eat in our twenties and thirties, we can eat, but what we're doing, if you picture this as a shag carpet inside your stomach, that's covering it. What we do with our diet is we're shaving down that carpet down to a Berber. Mm. And so all of a sudden we hit our 40s, 50s, and 60s, and all of a sudden we're getting psoriasis or arthritis. We're getting all of these diseases or thyroid or all these different things. And the reason being is that those tight junctions, now that it's a Berber, they get opened by gluten, spike proteins, and all these food sensitivities that we have. And all of a sudden we get these things and we're going, why is this happening now? And the reason being is because these junctions get compromised, that stuff gets into your bloodstream and the body immediately, it creates inflammation and creates this battle, right? And that's why, you know, this one lady we worked with, she's in her fifties. She's beautiful, has skin, she's Greek. And all of a sudden she started getting those psoriasis and bleeding and cracking in her neck her elbows or knees. My wife worked with her, got her off of gluten. It went away. Um, she was working with a doctor. He says, diet has nothing to do with this. He gave her a steroid. It wasn't working. My, she worked with my wife. It went away. She got to Thanksgiving last year. Because she's Greek, there are families all about the phyllo dough, all about that. Two days after, completely broke out. She was worse.
1: Oh, I just got the chills. Oh, she this got scary. off,
0: hit the, all good. Everything's going good. Hits Christmas. And what does she do?
1: She goes back she's doing eats. good
0: she does yeah. it again she's even worse but then we find with my wife she has another thing added on top of that it's peanuts so now she's removed she doesn't do peanuts she doesn't do which has been super tough but she wants that's you know it's now not living to eat it's eating to live <laughs> and now she has no problems as long as she doesn't eat the gluten and doesn't eat the peanuts
1: yeah, something your website says, um, which is live dot com. Folks, go check out live dot com. But on your website, it says all disease begins in the gut.
0: Yes, and the reason being is because of what's called leaky gut. Our guts become uh, permeable, where things go through. And you know, there's doctors that don't believe it's a real thing. Hmm. This has only been out about three to four years, and in the medical community, it takes about seventeen years. For something like this to be accepted, wow! And that's why functional nutrition doctors, counselors, everybody—they're the go-between the patient and the doctor. Does that yes. make sense? And yeah. And the one thing I want your people to understand is there's not a one-size-fits-all, because we all have different genetics. We all have different DNA. So I'll give you just a simple example we found one of my food sensitivities that was going into my bloodstream was salmon. We were eating salmon three times a week to get the omega-3s and to be healthy, right? My wife can eat it without a problem, but for me, it creates inflammation. Well, I can eat spinach, a ton of it. My wife has a sensitivity to spinach that was going through her small intestine. So that's why my wife turns everybody into a scientist, and we have an app. That you can download on your iPhone or your Android, and we ha- have you track the food that you eat. We don't care about macros, your pain, and your bowel movements. Because your bowel movements, or you can call it poop, whatever you want. Yeah, no. They, <laughs> I thought every three days to have a bowel movement was normal. You should be oh. having one and more bowel movements a day. You know, a baby, every time they eat, they poop. Yeah, right? a and dog. Your yeah, same thing.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. And
0: so the, the challenge is is you can correlate the food, pain, and bowel movements. And my wife does a concept called clearing the muddy waters. Mm-hmm. So she has these different levels that she takes people through. But the first level is she takes out meat, except for fish, nuts, seeds, dairy, gluten. And she has all these recipes, has everything built, and they go like four to six weeks, and all of a sudden they start feeling fantastic.
1: Mm -hmm. Then her
0: next level, you add one thing at a time, track for three days, and then you can know if that particular Mm. thing is causing you bloating, gas, you know, these different things. You'll know immediately your bowel movements will change on a scale of one to seven. And it's really been fun to see my wife and me work with people and completely change their health.
1: This is so important. And I think that this is something that oh, we were talking before the show. Um, for whatever reason, I think people ignore. And yet, when we talk about living and life and longevity and health, I mean, this is where it starts. So I feel like that this, like, I cannot. Shout this from the mountaintops, you know, loud enough. I cannot like put you in front of enough people in order to really get people to understand that this is where everything all begins. So, I have some questions. First of all, can you tell us what the name of the app is so people can find it? Eating to Live. Eating to Live. And will it help you see the trends? Like, absolutely. Is it like smart to say, hey, this might.
0: So we have version one out. Mm -hmm. And so you will give you your history. So you're tracking. So people, you know, laugh. And I just say, you know, you're already on the toilet. Most people are looking at social media on their phone. So while they're there, they just click on our thing, go to the bowel movement, look at the scale one to seven. So from diarrhea to, you know, constipation, you look at your poop, you click the one that it is, and you hit save. It's the simplest thing and you track (laughs) it and you, it's the same thing on pain, same on food. But the key is, is that you'll start to see a trend because all of a sudden you're, you're getting pain. I'll give you a little story, a quick little thing. When she was going through school in March of 20, April of 2020, she asked me to do this journaling, which was called food mood poop. Right. And she was working with this professor Nakayaki. And so I, Came home. I did it. I said I'd do it for her. And so I came home one day and I'm like, oh, I'm in so much pain. I've got diarrhea. My stomach hurts. You know, I was like back to my 17 year old, you know, fetal position curled up because I was experiencing such great health. My wife goes, where's your journal? Where's your journal? So I said, it's over there. So she goes to the journal, looks back the the day before, doesn't see anything, goes two days before. She notices that I stop in Heber City, Utah. I was fly fishing and I stopped and got my favorite shake, which was a German chocolate shake.
1: <laughs>
0: so yeah. dairy sugar. Yep. <laughs> and she goes, David, look at the correlation here. Cause I was in so much pain and my bowel movement was oh, off. Oh man. So since April of twenty twenty, do you think I've ever had a shake again? Nope. <laughs> Did oh, you? it's not worth oh, it. Okay. It's not worth it's the not- pain. <laughs> You're all about happiness. Yeah. Can you be happy if you're miserable? Right. Because you're in so much pain and you got brain fog and you're arthritis. You got all these issues going on. You can't truly have full joy and happiness when you're miserable.
1: Yeah. And there's so there's so much. Like I think a lot of times we know something is going on or something is off. So we seek answers through external means, whatever that is, whether it's doctors or Dr. Google or whatever. (laughs) But I am saying I don't think all of that information is necessarily in our best interest. I'm not saying it's false information necessarily. I just don't think that a lot of times it's in our best interest. And so Like, I like to just say, like, if you feel like something's off, like something's off. Right. And like, let's start to figure it out and to go like the natural path in my mind is always the right path because you're you can't go wrong. Like being healthy. Unfortunately, there's so much misinformation out there. And that's what I think is so sad. And, um, you know, I've told this story on the show before I had Henry Guzman. On and he uh, is like the wellness director for a hospital in in Miami, and they changed all their foods and stuff. And so, anyway, listeners, if you want to listen to all that, that's a really interesting interview. But I tell the story, so I'm not going to tell it in detail. But I'll just tell real quick um, parts of it. Is like when I f- learned that cancer can't survive without sugar, and then go into my mom's hospital room, and she's drinking chocolate milk and having Jello. I mean, it's just it's unnerving, really. I, you're in the fight of your life, like, and we're telling you it's okay basically to to feed the cancer. And so I think a little bit of knowledge can go a long way.
0: Can I tell you something that's really scary? Yeah. at these food companies and beverage companies, they have a new title called Chief craving officer, or director of cravings, they have multi-million-dollar pieces of equipment that sit and monitor when you consume the beverage or the food, they watch where that goes in the brain, which they want it to park the same place that our addiction is, right? Cocaine, you know, all these drugs, you know, they've done studies on mice and rats and the after they'll put them on cocaine, they'll put them on these drugs that are highly addictive, and then they'll put out sugar and guess where they'll go to the sugar. They go to the sugar. And so the, the challenge that we have is it's one of the reasons why my wife and I ended up building our own protein shake, plant-based, dairy-free, sugar-free, gluten-free was that we put a patented ingredient in it called Slendesta because everybody we helped to get healthy the biggest things they struggle as they start moving these processed foods and these, and if they have a sensitivity to gluten and things out, is cravings. The, I mean, it's unbelievable how your brain will just all of a sudden remember something that's hidden in the back of the pantry or in a drawer or in the back of the refrigerator, and you just go on this quest, this hunt. I'm, you know, it's maddening, and yeah. it's but foods are designed to do that now because that's how they make money is that, you know, continuous for us eating it. And so we had to build a product to help our people be able to deal with those cravings. So they get up to three hours, this craving blocker that's natural. It's actually from potatoes of all things, this Mm -hmm. enzyme. Mm -hmm. But that's the biggest thing that in getting healthy is the brain has to be fed and it takes time to get the that sugar and get that out of your system it's just it's unbelievable what we have to deal with that's why i call myself a recovering sugar addict
1: yeah similar story here i was back uh for thanksgiving i was back home for thanksgiving and there's not a lot of health in that household uh uh and not in a malice way but um lots of sweets lots of chips lots of Peanuts, lots of, yeah. Uh, (laughs) So I find myself when I go home that I eat a lot of that stuff. Now, do I know better? A hundred percent, I know better. Does it like upset me? A hundred percent. Here's the thing. I hate myself as I'm eating whatever bit of chocolate is in the cupboard, but I still do it. And what I notice when I come home, home, like to my own home in Florida where I live by myself, is that, um, and I just told a friend this, like, yesterday or two days ago, I go, I hate when I come home from being home, like, from my childhood home, because I want sweets so bad, and there are none in the house, and I am, like, trying to find any bit of something in my house to, like, satisfy that. I hate that, and I know what's happening, but then I think about this, it's like, But if it's available and it's around, it's really hard. And I told told my dad when he comes down, him and his wife will come down here in like a month or so, and I go, bring whatever you wanna bring, but hide it from me. Like, just, I don't buy it, like that's my boundary, right? Because I don't buy it because I know I can't have it in the house. I know that about me. So if you guys are gonna come here and visit, awesome. But take all your sweets, take your chips and leave them in your room because yep. I can't have them accessible because of what you just said. Like yep. all of a sudden our brain goes, oh, where was that in the cupboard yep. that I hid in the yep. back? But I still know it's there. So I'm going to yep. go get it. <laughs> you know. So oh, true. Anyway, thanks for sharing that, because I think that, you know, it is a struggle. Can and I share another concept yeah.
0: that I wrote about in the book? Yeah, So the first 14 chapters is this health history and how we connected all these dots. The last 10 chapters are the meat of how people can really change their lives and get optimal health. The very first chapter I wrote was on why you have to create Mm. a really strong why. And so I've written how to do that, how to hold yourself accountable. But, you know, my why, Amy, is this. I, not only do I want to live longer with optimal health, but I, my wife and I blended two families together 20 years ago. She's the love of my life. She had three boys. I have three girls and a boy. (laughs) I want to, at 95 years old, I want to celebrate our 50th anniversary and I, I want to be cognitive, lucid. I, we love to dance. I want to get on the dance floor. (laughs) I want to dance with her, but I want to live longer with optimal health i don't want to grow old with the stigma that we accept arthritis we accept all right. these diseases that are coming because of unless it's genetic we can still diminish them but if we have these really healthy diets we are going to live like your whole mantra of happiness yeah
1: yeah yep a hundred percent i i You know, we're part of this study with Mayo, our family is, because there is an insane amount of people who have died of cancer in my family. My mom um, is one of five children. There's one remaining um, sibling, uh, her mom, her mom's mom, and then it kind of spurs from there. Like, it keeps going on and on and on. And no one really lived much past the age of 60. And I share this on stage, like, when I give my keynotes, but... This is like a very real reality for me, right? Like, this is a very real reality. And so, knowing that that's a reality, it's like, okay, so maybe genetics is not in my favor. (laughs) It appears that it's not. However, what are the things that I can control? And I think like this has just been a very recent kind of my own kind of journey within the last maybe two years of is really kind of saying, okay, you have choices and you're going to make And the choices that you make today affect, you know, who you are 10 years from now. And so um, unfortunately I feel like even on my own journey, the struggle is is sometimes the right now is we just think about this moment in time right? And right. so to kind of start thinking differently and think about our future, I think um, is a great place. And I see this on in your book here in your the finding your why to achieving your optimal health and then going into um, eating to live. So yep. great stuff. Uh, I can't wait to check out your book. Maybe we'll see you on Dr. Oz here uh, here shortly. but I have one last question for you and it's a question that I ask all the guests. And it's a two part question. And the first part of the question is, if you only had seven more days left to live, what would you do?
0: I'd spend it with my family. I have 18 grandkids, seven kids, and I just love them. Sorry. Yeah, no, beautiful. Friends and family and my wife, of course.
1: The love of your life. (laughs) And the second part of this question, is if you only had seven more days left to live and you were in a debilitated state and all we have left are your words, what last bit of advice would you want to give the world?
0: Just take one day at a time, one step at a time, and just love people, forgive people, and just look for the good in people and then make sure you have the boundaries that if there are people that can't do that, that you know how to keep them away from you so you can live your happiest, most fulfilled life.
1: David, beautiful. Thank you so much for unlocking happiness with us today. Listeners, please go check out his website, eatingtolive.com, and you can get his book, Eating to Live, Unlocking the Leaky Gut Code, on Amazon and all the major places to buy books you also are on audible and recorded the audio version of your book you and your wife recorded it so you can check that out i think i'll check it out and that will be what my runs are too so thank you so much for all the good that you bring to the world thank you for the education that you provide the world i wish you much happiness in your future thank you amy amy dix here thank you so much for listening to unlocking happiness I hope you loved the show. And if you did, post a link to your social media, tag a friend, and hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. Help spread more happiness in the world by leaving us a review. If you would like to learn more about what we do, visit choose-happy.me. And if you want to be a future guest, click on the podcast tab to learn more. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Unlocking Happiness with Amy Dix. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and hit subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean the world to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, choose happyme or join our Facebook group called The Happiest Group on Facebook. Thanks for listening. This is Amy Dix, and we will see you next time.